Good morning. Welcome to Okotoks Calvary Fellowship. Thank you for joining us as we study through God's Word. Okay. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. That will be our text this morning will be found in Philippians 3. But I tell you this, uh, you know, I was told many years ago that the older you get, the faster time seems to go. And the older I get, the more I'm finding that to be true. <laughs> Wasn't it just Christmas? <laughs> and now it's Christmas again. But it's hard to believe that another year is coming to an end. And we are, as I've said before, on the precipice of the year 2024. And generally in this season, it's time to make a lot of new goals. It's time to make our New Year's resolutions. It's time to make promises to ourselves that we genuinely plan to keep. Maybe it's losing weight or eating healthier. Maybe it's exercising more regularly or getting into better physical shape. Maybe it's regarding our finances and creating and sticking to a budget. Maybe it's in saving money for a rainy day or for a special holiday or to buy a car. Or maybe it's about finally breaking that old destructive habit. And of course, all the advertisers know this far too well, don't they? In fact, they target their marketing just to encourage us in our pursuits knowing full well that the vast majority of people will never finish what they start. In fact, a, a recent Ohio State University School of Business study I came across this week stated that only 9% of Americans who made resolutions last year completed them. 9%. 23% quit their resolution by the end of the first week. 43% quit their resolution by the end of January. And the study went on to list a number of inerrant causes as to why this happened. One was because people just made a goal for the sake of making a goal. It was their tradition. I make a New Year's resolution every year. Another reason was they weren't prepared to face the obstacles connected with the follow-through of that resolution. Others made goals that were too broad or unattainable. But the big one was as if you tried to go it alone without any encouragement or accountability. And because of some of these factors, many will fail in their resolutions this year. Resolution dreaded pursuit to be more patient with others. 
Or maybe it's just to be a better steward of my time and my talent and my treasure. Well, this morning I want to encourage our hearts as we prepare for this new year. And to do that, we're going to look in Philippians chapter 3. Beginning at verse 12, it says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And friends, what is the goal or the prize that we are aiming for? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call is heaven when he calls us home. Remember, we are not citizens of this world. We're just passing through. I think we th seem to think that we live here and we're going to be here forever and we just have to make a nest. Our goal and our prize is to be ready when he calls us home to finish the work that he has set before us to do. And so this morning, I want us to focus in on three specific things found in this passage as we look to accomplish all the things that God has for each of us in this coming year. And the first one is to press on. The second one is to press forward. And the third one is to press toward the goal. So let's look at to press on in verse 12. You know, I think it's easy for us to look at the life of Paul and think of him somehow as this super Christian. He knew everything. He understood everything. He did everything right. I can never be like him. That's just so unattainable. And while it's true that he had an extraordinary knowledge of the Scriptures and that, he, that the Lord used him in incredible ways, we need to accept that he didn't know it all. He didn't claim to know it all. Nor was he a perfect man. You know, C.H. Spurgeon once said, I love this quote, he once said, God uses people who fail because there ain't any other kind around. And my friends, Paul often compared our faith to running in a race. Now when you think of an Olymp Olympic runner, you may think of someone who trains diligently, someone who pushes themselves beyond their limits. Someone who makes sure that they eat the proper foods. They make sure that they're well hydrated. They wear the proper equipment. They make tangible sacrifices. They give up time with family and friends. They'll, they'll give up that, 
piece of cake or that extra burger at the barbecue. And they do all of these things to accomplish a single goal, to win that prize. In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27, in the New Living Translation, Paul tells us, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so they sacrifice and they train and they prepare so that they can run their race well. And they cast off anything that will hinder that quest or slow them down. Have you ever seen a marathon runner with a backpack? You know, the writer of Hebrews put it this way in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and so let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so, friends, each one of us has a race that we need to prepare for and that we need to train for. Each one of us has our own race to run that God has set for us. And what Paul's saying to us in this verse is that, look, I still have my race to run. I haven't crossed the finish line yet. I may be nearing the end of my race, but I'm not there now. I can't stop. I'm totally invested. I need to keep on running until the end. I'm straining every last muscle. I'm expending every ounce of my strength. I'm reaching out to cross that line and break the tape and win my race. I've not obtained the price. I've not perfected yet. And so I press on so I may grasp the thing Christ has laid hold of me for. And what was that thing that Christ had laid hold of him for? What was that specific thing that God had called Paul to do? God had called him to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles to preach salvation alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, to teach and to train and to disciple followers of Christ and to model a life that was well-pleasing to God. My friends, what has God called you to do? What is He calling you to do in this coming year? 
What race does he have set for you to run? The second thing we see in this passage is to press forward in verse 13. Friends, one of the greatest impedances we have in moving forward is our past. Because when our eyes are constantly looking backwards, we're unable to move forwards. And for many of us, we've become crippled by events or circumstances from our past. Maybe it's past successes. We're always thinking about how things used to be in the good old days. Why can't they be like that today? I don't like the new way. It was always so good. Everything was perfect in the past. It's amazing what we forget. Maybe it's past failures. living with regret over past mistakes or bad choices that we've made, living with all the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, all the what-ifs. Maybe it's past hurts or betrayals, living with the pain of emotional and physical trauma that we may have experienced in our lives. living with the anger and the bitterness and the resentment that just eats us up, holding spiteful feelings and grudges and unforgiveness in a death grip. Maybe it's past loss. Maybe you're unable to move on many years after the death of a close loved one or friend. Maybe you're unable to function or feel whole again after a broken relationship. Maybe it's past beliefs about yourself where you believe certain narratives about who and what you are or believing what others say or have said about you. Whatever those circumstances may be, they keep you imprisoned in the past. They constantly reappear and they stifle your ability to fully look ahead and to move forward. And friends, please understand, I'm in no way trying to marginalize your struggle. I'm not wanting to minimize or gloss over your hurts. But what Paul's trying to say here in verse 13 is, look, I'm not saying I understand everything. I'm not saying I'm always successful in this. And I'm not saying that I have seized this or fully grasped it. The word in the Greek is katanao, which means to just rip down. It means like, you know, think of a football player just ripping out a pass out of the air. I haven't seized this or grasped this fully. 
But what I'm saying is, in light of our upward call in Christ Jesus, I'm not dwelling on the past. I'm not focused or fixated on the past. I'm not allowing the past to control what is before me. I'm not going to allow my past to keep me in bondage. So I'm making the conscious choice to forget the things that are behind me. To forget the temporal things. And instead, I'm reaching forward to what lies before me. To press toward the things that are eternal. You know, Paul told the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Brand new. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Jesus Christ has called you unto himself. He has made you a new creation. He's begun a new work within you. And Philippians 1.6 tells us that he who began the good work will carry it on to completion. He finishes what he starts. And when is it complete? When you finish the race that he set before you. And when you meet him face to face in heaven. So friends, we need to be pressing forward and not mired in our past. Well, the third thing is we need to press toward the goal. As important as it is for us to not try to run our race in the rearview mirror, it's equally important for us to be pressing forward towards our ultimate goal. Now very often when we read Scripture in the English language, sometimes we need to dig a little bit deeper to understand the real intent. And that's definitely the case here because in verse 13 when it says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Those two little words reaching forward lose a bit of their intensity in English. But in the original Greek language, the word is epektinomai. And in the context in which it is being delivered here, the word suggests to expend intense effort with a firm purpose and resolve to exert oneself to the uttermost, to stretch out, to strain. That's far more intense than reaching forward. And friends, this is totally in keeping with this idea of running in a race. When a runner is competing, he is exerting every last ounce of effort. He's leaving it all out on the track, so to speak. He's emptying the tank. Let's see how many more cliches I can throw at this. 
He's not holding back anything, especially as that finish line is in sight. And what Paul is saying is that our desire to fulfill that upward call of Christ Jesus should inspire us to dig deep. Should motivate us to pour out our hearts and our lives for the sake of that call. Friends, we need to understand that the prize is the call of Christ. The prize is to have the privilege of serving in His name. The prize is not only to share in His suffering, as we read earlier, but also in His reward. Jesus ran and completed the race that we could never have run for ourselves. Jesus died and rose again. Jesus paid our debt. And what did Jesus get? What was his inheritance for all of that? He got us. I'm not sure that's necessarily a good deal for him. But he got us. We live because He lives. We will rise because He is risen. And friends, that is why Paul was able to say in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I live, it's for Christ. If I die, I am with Christ. Either way, it's good. And so my friends, our goal is to honor Him. Our goal is to be well-pleasing to Him. Our goal is to use every ounce of strength that He has provided. Our goal is to finish the race that He sent us to run. During the marathon race, the 1968 Summer Olympics held in Mexico City, the world witnessed what has been dubbed the ultimate display of determination. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with the marathon, it's a road race of 26 miles, and it's considered to be the pinnacle of strength endurance, and stamina. Now on this particular day, the conditions were far from our ideal. It was an extraordinarily hot day for October in Mexico. Just so you know, it was held in October because it would have been way too hot in Mexico in the summer. close to 30 degrees Celsius. It began in the middle of the hottest time of the day at 3 p.m. It was also being run at an altitude of 7,350 feet above sea level. And at that temperature and altitude, it would have been extremely hard to breathe if you were walking. 
But on top of all of that, you had all the world's elite marathoners in that race. In fact, one of the racers had just broken the world record less than a year before. Coincidentally, that record is still standing today some 56 years after it was broken. These were the best of the best. And these men took on this grueling race in these this grueling conditions. And the race began, and two hours and 20 minutes later, Mamo Voldi of Ethiopia was crowned the champion. All these men began the race together. Some finished. So the winner was celebrating. The crowds were roaring their approval. And now the race was long over. And then suddenly a runner limped into the stadium well over an hour after it had finished. He was badly injured from a fall during the race. He was suffering excruciating cramps from dehydration. He was feeling the intense burning in his lungs from exertion at altitude. Yet he still slowly made his way around the track determined to finish the race. That man's name was John Stephen Aquari. He was from Tanzania in Central Africa. And when he was interviewed after he crossed the finish line, they asked him, why did you keep on running? These were his exact words. My country did not send me 5,000 miles away to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. And friends, that is exactly what Paul has been telling us in this passage. Keep your eyes on the goal ahead of you. Keep on running regardless of the obstacles, the struggles, the pain. Keep pressing on until you hit that finish line. Keep moving forward. You can't be looking behind you. Keep competing until the race is won. You know, Solomon gave us some very wise words in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, beginning at verse 10 when he said, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor men of favor, nor, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to all. 
for man also does not know his time. Guys, you don't know when your race is done. Run to win. Run with all your might. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but to the one who holds up. God wants us to keep striving. God wants us to keep on persevering. God wants us to keep on moving and never give up. But friends, in all of our striving, make sure you take the Lord with you. Don't try to do it on your own. Matthew 6.33 tells us, but seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and these things will be added to you. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So in this coming year, let us press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Let us make goals that will help us to accomplish our calling not just to make us more comfortable here on earth. Let us strive this new year to be men and women who are well-pleasing to Him, who are pressing on, who are pressing forward, and who are pressing toward that goal. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the clarity with which you gave the Apostle Paul words to be able to, to write this epistle. Lord, as practical today as the day you wrote it, maybe even more so, all the more as we see the day of your return approaching. And Lord, we know our days are numbered. Lord, there may be some of us who don't even make it into 2024. We don't know. Only you do. I think in our minds, Lord, very often we think that we've got time. We've always got time. I can do it later. Lord, help us to run our race with urgency, knowing that that finish line is very, very near. And to redouble our efforts and keep our eyes focused, not distracted on the things around us, but focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So Lord, as we go into this new year, may you give us a boldness, may you give us a clarity May you give us that burning desire to do whatever it takes to accomplish what you have placed in front of us and run our race well. We thank you for what you're going to do in and through us in the days and weeks and months ahead should you tarry. Lord, use us for your purpose. Help us to allow you 
to us. And we thank you, Lord, for what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to message us on our Facebook page or on Instagram. God bless.